Welcome to episode four of Plompo PR, the podcast. Today I'm interviewing Wendy Gilmer of thankfifi.com. Hear about how Wendy ditched the day job, started her blog and made it a brand in its own right. Wendy is really interesting, a seriously smart cookie and knows a lot about social media. Wendy, thank you very much for joining me on episode number four. We're on now with the Plompo PR podcast. Now, you have a very beautiful blog called Thank Fifi. Thank you. Can you <laughs> tell me why it's called Thank Fifi? I think that must be the question you're asked all the time because your name is Wendy. Yeah, well, <laughs> lots of people just think my name is Fifi, but obviously it's not. Uh-huh. Um, basically, back in the day before I started, which was 2011, I was chatting to a friend of mine, we were talking about different uh, blogs that we had just discovered okay. and it was a completely new thing, like nobody... Blogging in no, 2011? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that is, that is like brand new information yeah. then. No, nobody else that we knew, like read any blogs or knew what they no, were, but they we kind of said to each other, I started reading blogs and we were like, oh, me too, oh my goodness, which <laughs> ones are you reading? And we were talking and sort of exchanging ideas on which ones we liked and she said, you know, you really like fashion and writing and photography. She said, you know, you should start one. And her name is Fee, and so the blog is called Thank Fee Fee. And you never thought to change it as it developed. You thought you can't, you just you stick with it. I just like the name. I was thinking about that today, actually, before I came to chat to you. And I thought, yeah, a lot of people do change to like their own name or something. Yeah. But I just feel that it's my brand. Yeah, and, and that's it. It yeah. becomes a brand. So what were you doing to start a blog? Tell us. So you went to art school. Yes. So you left school. Yeah, I went to art school and have a degree in painting and fine okay. art. And I did that for about five or six years self-employed. And I really enjoyed it in some ways, but it's a very solitary profession. And I think it's something I would enjoy more as a hobby than uh-huh. as a way of So you painted and exhibited in galleries? And yeah, so I shows. had exhibitions and galleries and also did portrait commissions. So, wow. um, But you would get a job and you'd be doing a portrait commission and then you literally wouldn't talk to anyone for two months because you'd be doing a portrait commission. And I had a studio in a barn which was freezing in the winter and boiling <laughs> in the summer. Um, it just wasn't for me long term. Yeah. So um, I started looking for something else that was going to be creative, but I didn't really know what it was going to be at the okay. time. I ended up working in a restaurant for about three months, but <laughs> not creative at all. No. <laughs> but it brought some money in and it got me out doing different things. Um, and then I basically started the blog after that conversation. I went home and said to my husband, I'm thinking I might start a blog. And he was a web designer at the time. And he said, okay, let's do it. And then I think two weeks later, it was my birthday. And for my birthday, he gave me the blog. Like I didn't know he'd done it, but behind the scenes then he said, here's a blog. Because that was back in the day before you could just go and get a template. Yeah, you couldn't so, have just downloaded anything. No. Uh, so then I had the blog and he said, well, you better populate it. So I did, I started doing that. Um, and then I got my other job at Bluebell Grey around about the same time, about a month later. So Bluebell Grey, is the business that your friend Fee. Fiona, Fee, yes. who had encouraged you to start the blog, mm-hmm. that was her business. Yes. So Bluebell Grey is now very established, yes. but at that point they would just be, well, I guess for her at that stage, it was so raw. It was a yeah. brand new business, a lot of risks. Yeah, so she was a really small business then and she had just taken on her first employee. They had a tiny, tiny studio and basically she had just gone to a huge interior show called Maison Objet in Paris. Yes, and which she- was just last week. 
Oh yeah, yes, yes it, it was, was just last week. Yeah, yeah. So she got a couple of big orders at that that she had never. She'd only had ever like really small independent stockists before. She got a couple of big orders from that, and basically needed more help. And she came to me and said, "You've just launched the blog, so you know about social media." I mean, this was before Instagram, but this was Facebook and Twitter. Uh-huh. And she said, "I need help with that," and also invoicing and literally packing cushions. We all did everything back mm-hmm. in that day. Um, and she said, "Please come and work for me." So I did. And I worked there five days a week, not full days, but sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, the role grew into becoming like PR and marketing manager um, for the team, which is now mm-hmm. a big team in Glasgow, but they have distributors all over the world. Uh-huh. So we had marketing teams also in like the US and Canada and Germany and working with them. And gradually as the blog grew, I basically had to cut down my hours because the blog was going yeah. well. Uh, so I cut down to four days, then three days, then two days. And about wow. maybe 18 months ago or two years ago, almost now, I decided to take the leap. So you had a great time at Bluebell Grey, but you quit the day job. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, I quit the day job. Um, I think it was quite scary, but... When I started the blog, it was never really something that I thought, I just want this to be a hobby. Mm-hmm. I always wanted it to be a career and I worked- So you knew that from yeah, the beginning, okay. Yeah. I worked really hard at it from the start. So like when I started, because social media wasn't a big thing, mm-hmm. I actually did five blog posts a week. Which five a week? Mental, now I do two and that managing that with everything else uh-huh. is more than enough. But um, yeah, that's just how blogging was then. It was mm-hmm. like your only outlet really yeah. to reach people. So I did five a week, which was intense with also mm-hmm. Bluebell Grey and I was teaching an art class at the time. Teaching an art class, Yeah, okay. just one day a week. <laughs> that was the first thing to go. But yeah, um, over time, obviously, I, I had like an amazing time at Bluebell Grey and it was good because I feel that it informed things from the other side as well. Yeah. So we were working with influencers and bloggers from the brand side mm-hmm. and then I was doing it from my side with the blog. Yeah. So I feel that I have a bit of a different perspective yeah. maybe than other people because yeah. I can see it from both angles. Um, but yeah, I decided to, to take the leap just because it was going so well and I was really struggling to manage everything. At the time I was pregnant and I basically had no free time. So I worked these two days at mm-hmm. the day job and then I worked every night and every day and every weekend. Um, regularly I would be awake till past midnight. So working. writing content for the blog. Yeah. Taking pictures, which mm-hmm. is, you see, that's harder than writing the content, getting the right pictures, um, or are they both equally difficult to do? I find the editing of the pictures is the thing that probably takes the longest. Okay. Um, with pictures, we're quite good at planning now. I work, 90% of the time I work with my husband and he does the okay. photos. We're quite good at planning where the location is going to be and what time of day and it's all kind of light and weather dependent and outfit dependent on what we're working on some projects are more involved than others in terms of shooting and how far you're going to go for it and stuff but um that doesn't tend to take too long but the editing i find takes a long time i say to him just take a few shots take 20 Hmm. and i still have over 100 to try and edit so take one good picture Um, which you're trying to edit down to sort of under 10 for the blog post so it's quite quite intense and then um yeah social media i'd say is probably the biggest drain on my time Uh the management so so exactly the instagram which you're chained to so you've got the blog at that point you just 
decided to stop working at Bluebell Grey, I guess that was a hard decision to make because it was it your was. friend's business and yeah. you invested in emotionally and yeah. everything is part of it. I'd seen the company grow so much when yeah. I was there and been a part of it from kind of the ground up, which was really amazing to see. And I was very good friends with Fee, but also other colleagues there yeah. who I was used to seeing on, you know, if not a daily basis, but talking uh-huh. to them on a daily basis. So it's hard. So you had your son mm-hmm. and then you thought, right, I'm going to make, thank Fifi, this is... I don't mean make or break because we were still managing it and it was running and it was doing really well. But now over the past year, you've really thrown yourself full on. Yeah. And what would you call yourself? Would you, do you hate the word influencer? Would you say that you are a social marketeer? What would you call yourself? Or if you were at a dinner party, I mean, because, you know, we're living in the 80s, we go to dinner parties. <laughs> I and dinner parties. Said, actually, I do as well. Um, and someone said to you, oh, Wendy, what is it that you do something with Instagram? Is that what someone would say to you? Um, yeah, I think people still don't really understand mm-hmm. what it is. Um, I'm working on a project just now and people don't understand how it's a career, how you make mm-hmm. money out of it. Obviously, some people do, but a lot of people still yeah. don't understand how it works. I just usually tell people I'm a blogger mm-hmm. and they either know what that is or they don't. I still view myself as a blogger first and mm-hmm. then everything else, all the social media and everything like that, I feel are all things that support the blog okay. as opposed to being like a social influencer. Uh-huh. Um, so, so you would yeah. call your career, you are a blogger. I'm a blogger, but I know lots of people will say, you know, I'm an editor of whatever the website is. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be arsy like that. No. I'm a blogger. You're a, a blogger. blogger. <laughs> and do you love doing all of the social media that surrounds your blog? Or do you feel like with Instagram now, because I mean, you've got over 20,000 followers on Instagram. Do you feel like Instagram is where it's at and then the blog is now well not just your blog but all blogs are dripping down and everyone just goes onto the Instagram. I mean, you'll obviously know your hits and how many people yeah. click through and is it a big change? I think there has been a big change, not right now, but I'd say in the last like couple of years, there's uh-huh. been a bit of a shift. And there's people who have had really successful blogs who've given them up to focus on social media. Just to focus on their Instagram yeah. channel. Okay. Which I think is really short-sighted, but uh-huh. each to their own. They're obviously, um, that's what's working for them. Uh-huh. There's a lot of work that comes purely for Instagram. For me, it's still the blog. Yeah. It's always going to be the blog. I get the traffic there. I think Instagram is such a short-lived uh-huh. medium to What's use. What's going to be next for Instagram? I mean, obviously exactly. stories are so important. I mean, people view stories more than they would hit mm-hmm. like yeah. or comment on a post. So I guess it's, from your perspective, keeping your finger in every pie yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> focusing on the one that's the real passion for yours, yeah. which I guess is the blog. It's the blog because I really like telling a story. I like having amazing imagery and I feel on Instagram, you know, you get one shot and it's mm-hmm. it only really lives in someone's t- uh, feed for a few hours or a uh-huh. day maximum. So you're not reaching everybody no. who follows you whereas on the blog anybody who types in thankfifi.com is coming to to the blog and they're going to see the content that I've put there. Well we were even talking about earlier on when you arrived about bathroom renovations (laughs) which and you'd said oh have you looked on this person's Instagram I'm going no but I follow that person Mm -hmm. but I hadn't seen that content and you think you know I follow them why why is your content not coming to me and it's algorithms and it's luck or whatever the magic potion behind it is so even if someone was following you on Instagram they just might not see your stuff for a while and there's no one really knows why I mean I've had that with you when I've had to actually go on to your Instagram page to see your stuff thinking why was that not shown to me 
Did I just not see it? What is that? It is so strange. Instagram is basically like your neediest boyfriend you've ever yep. had. It needs <laughs> constant attention. Uh-huh. Um, you've got to pander to, yeah. talk to, feed it all the time. And it's frustrating. <laughs> for It's frustrating for people who are obviously in your position where you've built your blog up and you're thinking, as you said, some people have given up their blog yeah. just to focus on Instagram. And that perhaps is short-sighted. Um, what are the big brands that you've worked with? I guess people want to know that all the time. Can you say who they are? Who, What brands yeah. have come to you and that you've said yes to? Because I guess you say no more than you say yes. Is I do. That... Yeah, I do find I say no to more things than I uh-huh. say yes to because you have to be very careful at the end of the day as a brand and who you associate yourself yeah. with and who you work with. Um, big brands that I've worked with that I really loved were Gap. Okay. Um, I had a partnership with Sassoon for a couple of years and I loved working with them. So you got to go to the salon and do reviews? Is that how it would work? Or... Yeah, so basically went to the salon and then we did um, blog posts and social media about they kind of bring out a new season collection of okay. hairstyles or treatments or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So we did a lot of things like that. Uh, which was brilliant. I changed. You know, you have the same hairstyle that you well, have for say, like you twenty years. Well, I was going to say you used to have really years. long hair, and then <laughs> and you then changed. changed. Yeah, it changed like every three months. Then uh-huh. after that, which was really good fun actually, and I trust them like implicitly. They're an amazing team, so I really enjoyed working with them. I have a good partnership with Fitflop, which okay. is a footwear brand I love, and that's been a kind of ongoing ambassadorship, mm-hmm. which has been brilliant. Um, and one of my favourite, favourite projects has probably been with Armani. Okay. Um, they didn't actually reach out to me. They sent a press release saying that they were opening this new uh, kind of amazing store in Glasgow and Ingram Street. And I thought, well, this is an opportunity. And I hardly ever reach out to brands, but I thought this is an opportunity to and maybe really do something with someone amazing. And they got on board with it and we did like a two pronged post on the blog and some social media um, for their store opening. And I'm really proud of the pictures that we created for that. So. That was that's a, a lovely project. situation to be in where you're you know actually you're pushing yourself mm-hmm. to pitch to a brand because and a brand often, like Armani yeah I mean, well quite often the brands are based like in London so 95% of my work comes from London mm-hmm. they don't know who the bloggers are in the local area but they approach maybe an external company even like yourself uh-huh. to say we need to send this press release out to local people yeah but they don't actually know who they could work with or how yeah. that would work so sometimes they just need you to go and say uh-huh. here's the idea do you want to do it or not yeah and do you, and you pitch yourself to it yeah and do people say to you and they say oh you were a blogger so you just get loads of free stuff does that yeah. make you like annoyed if people say that to you people say to me do you just give bloggers free stuff and i'm like no that's not how it works no. from a pr perspective um. there's a lot of thought behind it if there is the free stuff it doesn't annoy me and it is probably partly true. Obviously bloggers uh-huh. do get lots of free stuff, but um, I think if you're doing blogging as a hobby, then that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it as a career, like I can't pay my bills with sweatshirts or yeah. You can't. Candles. The mortgage payment doesn't happen via free stuff, does yeah. it? <laughs> and also there's only so much stuff that you can actually receive. So I try to say, I say no to most gifts now, apart from with independence, then obviously it's a different mm-hmm. consideration. They're smaller, don't have budget to do yeah. work together always. But Otherwise you end up with heaps and heaps of stuff and you feel, I don't want to take a gift unless I feel it's something that I would potentially consider sharing or want to share. So I'm not just going to take everything. no, it's not annoying if people say that. It's just a misunderstanding. Is it, well, I think works. that's it. There's a lot of misunderstanding. I mean, and that kind of brings it back to like, how do you make this work as a career? Because you're obviously, you had a good job with Bluebell Grey and mm-hmm. you loved it. And you think that's a leap now you've got son it's like all of these things come together do you feel now with obviously the advertising standards regulations about gift and ad and sponsored it's all really confusing and people are really confused by it or maybe they don't understand it as the consumer looking at instagram or social media 
do you feel now you've got oh you've got to be clear not that you weren't oh. clear before but you know how you make that work absolutely I think you have to be clear and I think actually what the ASA are trying to do and sometimes they're not getting it quite right mm -hmm. but what they're trying to do is just make it clear for the consumer and I think that's great yeah that's what everybody wants a bit of clarity yeah exactly understanding um, I think what's unfortunate is at the moment they've just released a new set of guidelines and they've kind of been misinterpreted by quite a lot of people. Uh -huh. So actually their new guidelines are not that different. Basically, if you're being paid to do something or the brand has some form of editorial control, mm -hmm. even if the payment is only the thing they're giving you, mm -hmm. then that's an advert. If they give you something and they have no control over what you do with it or whether you share it, it's not an advert. And you can disclose it as a gift and you should and I do. Mm -hmm. But you don't actually have to. It's also not the law, it's the guidelines from the ASA. Uh -huh. But I think morally people should disclose if they're being paid for something. I mean, what's a shame is though that that doesn't uh, transfer to other industries. So in magazines, when yeah. people are taking on press trips or giving gifts yeah, or yeah. whatever, they are under no obligation at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a big crackdown on influencers. Mm -hmm. I think once people figure it out, it actually will all be a, a good thing. Because I've had friends that have texted me before, friends that don't work in the media industry, and they're big Instagram users, so they use it for ideas for interiors or mm -hmm. fashion or whatever. And they've texted me saying, Lisa, you know all this Instagram stuff. What does hashtag spawn mean? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they're, these are smart cookies, yeah. these friends of mine. And they're like, what does hashtag AD mean? I'm like, advert, ad. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, like they've been paid. And they're almost kind of upset that they hadn't figured that out yeah. and I think the role the, the information maybe needs to disseminate to the, the users mm -hmm. of Instagram because all of us in the social media industry know that what would be brilliant would be if Instagram and the ASA could actually get together and make it more straightforward for everyone yeah. so at the moment there's such a small percentage of people who have that verified blue tick yeah which means if they're doing a paid partnership they have the option to label it they as say such. paid partnership yeah at the top but Regular people like you or I don't have that, so we don't have that option, which seems crazy to me. Why would Instagram not make that uh -huh. an option? But then with Instagram, it changes all the time. It does indeed. So who knows? <laughs> who knows by the time I edit this um, podcast, it might have changed. We'll all be on a new social uh, media platform. Who exactly. But so what do you think the next social media thing is? I mean, for me, I think it's podcasts, and that's yep. why I've started a podcast. Yeah. But do you think... Because I'm like you, I think blogs are going to stay. I think they're mm -hmm. the mainstay. And they're the thing that legitimises you. I mean, for me as a business, I couldn't just run my business with a Palompo PR Instagram account. Mm -hmm. Because if no one can click through to my website, who am I really? How much yeah. experience do I have? What qualifications or other do I have to be allowed to charge people mm -hmm. to work with me? Do you feel that's the same with a blog? The blog legitimises your social marketing influencing for kind of sure career. yeah absolutely the, the blog is is the thing i think um instagram is still going to be a huge thing but i absolutely agree about podcasts i think it's not even like they're going to be the next big thing i think they are they are already um i also think newsletters are huge i know uh -huh. that's not social media but i think newsletters are such a great great tool for mm -hmm. brands and businesses like mine because you can ask people to sign up the same way that they would follow you on Instagram or any other channel. But once they've signed up, they will receive the information you give yeah. them. Nobody uh -huh. else is controlling who receives it other than you, which is brilliant. 
In terms of like where that would go for a blog, I, I think there's some kind of opportunity to build like your own community. Mm -hmm. Not my, no, I'm not going to build my own social media <laughs> platform. But I mean, say you have your own app, you can yes. share the things that you're shopping, you can invite people to chat mm -hmm. and have a community. I don't really know exactly how that will work, but I think there's an There'll opportunity. There'll be something different. Yeah. There will be something different. And do you know, do you, when it comes to working with brands, who do you want to work with next? Do you have big brands in your head? Maybe you don't want to say, don't want anyone else to oh. steal the idea. But do you think to yourself, right, this is, you know, I have in my head the ultimate client I want. Yeah. And I always think, how am I going to get that client? Mm -hmm. So every day I'm thinking of a different way to convince them to work mm -hmm. with me. Do you have the same with, you know, because you treat them as clients yeah, when they're on, with your business? So I'd say I haven't actually done it this year, but usually what I do at the start of the year is make a list of, a few people who I really, really want to work with. And it tends to be that those are brands which I really love and use anyway. Mm -hmm. So for example, San Pellegrino is a water that I am mm -hmm. addicted to. <laughs> I would love to work with San Pellegrino because that to me is a really nice natural fit. And yeah. if it's something that I'm buying anyway, obviously yeah. in an ideal world, I would love to get paid to yeah. do that uh -huh. instead. Um, and of course there's fashion brands and home brands. I mean, home is like a big focus for me at the moment. So I'd love to do more things to do with my But home. do you, how do you divide up how you, what you talk about? Because you've got home, mm -hmm. you've got fashion, you've got travel, mm -hmm. a bit of food. Yeah, I guess it's just my life. I try and think <laughs> you about, just you know. all facets of your life. Yeah, I have my different elements that make up the blog, which uh -huh. as you said, fashion, travel, lifestyle, mm -hmm. interiors. And I try to get a regular mix mm -hmm. going. And do you try and have a, a bit of a division with how much is advertising and sort of paid for collaborations? Because no one's telling you what to say. And no. you don't, whatever you're writing about, and if it is a, a paid for sponsorship, I don't ever read it and think, well, because I work in the media industry, I know it is mm -hmm. very much a press release. And you've also worked from the, the PR side. So you never write anything that it feels like you're selling to me. It's almost like, this is your opinion. As you say, you like it, you wear those clothes, it's a brand you like. How do you find that hard to do or do you think that comes naturally to you to, to you know, put your own spin on it? I'd say it comes naturally to me, but I imagine if you accepted a job that you maybe shouldn't have, it would be a heck of a lot harder. Mm. Obviously, the brands I work with are brands that I really love uh -huh. anyway. There's been the odd occasion where I've taken something on board and have felt that it wasn't the right fit. Mm -hmm. But then I have had to email the PR and say, I'm really sorry, but unfortunately this isn't going to work out. And I would rather send it back and not do yeah. the project than yeah. write something negative because my blog is a positive space and that's just the way I've chosen well, to Well, we run talked it. about that earlier about things in our own lives and you think, you know, you, you, your blog, your Instagram channel, everything that you do, it's not that you're pretending to be in a good sure. mood or you're pretending to put shiny sparkle in your life but you just focus on those side of things. Yeah, so I try to focus on that. And obviously there's been certain things where I've been like completely honest and there's been negatives as well. So I wrote a blog post about my son's birth mm -hmm. and my experience of that. And that was pretty open and mm -hmm. raw and honest. Uh, there were obviously good points and obviously mm -hmm. some bad points. Um, and I'll be honest from that point of view. But when it comes to a brand, if I think the product is not great, I mean, I'm just, I don't want to be doing a blog post slagging someone yeah, off. It's you'd just, just rather not do it. No, it's not what I want to do. Not interested. Not so. interested in that. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's where the honesty comes from. I mean, where do you think, well, you know, I, I'm assuming via your blog and obviously with Instagram, who are the people that follow you? 
Like, can you say they're all living in this sort of area in the UK and they're roughly in this age range? Do you feel like yeah. you you're, you know your... Well, you must know your customer because yeah. they are the customer, really. They, you're talking to them on behalf of brands yeah. that are paying you. They're basically you and I. So yeah, they're us. The cool ma- people <laughs> in Scotland. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the majority of them are in the UK. Uh-huh. On social media, it's about a 50-50 split between the UK and the US. But for the okay. blog, it's more in the UK. Okay. Yeah, so they're focused on Scotland and London. It's hard to say because you get an IP address and that's yeah. not necessarily the exact location of uh-huh. the person. They're like 75%, 80% women. Mm-hmm. The, the, most of the age range falls between like 30 and 45. So that's... Well, I just fit great. into the 30 category, obviously. And no way too. <laughs> well, I recently had to tick that box where you had to put your age. I don't know what it was for. And I'm 36. And I had to go in the 35 to 40 yeah. category. Or 45 category. I'm thinking, it's rough. sorry, what? <laughs> I've always been in the 25 to 35 category, which made me feel really cool. But... Not that there's anything wrong with ageing, but I just felt suddenly I'm in the 35 to 45 category. Yeah. But um, and what is what are you going to be doing with the blog this year? What's going to be different? Because I know that you've talked a lot about on your social media about working with the Princess Trust and yeah. the Culture North Lanarkshire team. So you're working <laughs> with schools. With I am universities, colleges. Well, what is it you're it's doing? High schools in North Lanarkshire who take part in the Achieve program, which is a program run by the Princess Trust or funded by the Princess okay. Trust in those schools. So at the moment we're working with six schools um, in North Lanarkshire and actually the lady from Culture NL who organised it and secured the funding is a reader of my blog, which is how oh, really? I ended up coming on board with the project. So there's myself and two other people and we created a term of coursework about digital creativity. My tenors of lessons is around building a brand online. So I've obviously focused on a blog. We've built a blog, built a website, put blog posts, done social media with a focus on Instagram. With a view to it being a blog, but also thinking about it from the side Mm -hmm. of a brand as well. And this is to try and help young people discover things that maybe they didn't think were opportunities to them career-wise. I mean, so many people have messaged me and said, I never got offered this at school. I mean, I didn't either because it didn't exist when I was at school. Exactly, exactly. Mobile (laughs) phones just came in when I went to university, so let's be honest. You got a spreadsheet and that was it. Yeah, exactly. So it's really exciting and um, it's been a challenge, but what's fun is, I know we were talking about this earlier, you think when you start, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? But actually, when it's something that you do day in, day mm-hmm. out, and I've been doing it now uh, for almost eight years, it, it comes naturally You don't realise how much you know. Exactly. I mean, ha- when it comes to the really technical nitty-gritty of website management, social media, like Google search, Google, mm-hmm. you know, all hashtags, ad- words, and all of that, have you really had to learn on the job? Because obviously creativity, writing copy, coming up with ideas, mm-hmm. uh, photography, I guess that's in your soul. That's what you can do yeah. because you're an artist and you're creative. But this the boring techie stuff to make sure your blog is found in the first place, yeah. how did you figure all that out? Um, part of it, I guess, was something that I had to learn for mm-hmm. my day job at Bluebell Grey. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we ended up employing a team, an external team to do it. Uh-huh. And I would love to have the funds to have an external team do it for me. As it is, I plod along entering my keywords on every mm-hmm. blog post and kind of mm-hmm. hope for the best, but it seems to work. Mm-hmm. In terms of the technical side of the website, I have a brilliant team now that do that mm-hmm. for me. I used to rely on my husband to do it, but 
Anyone who has a husband who does something, I know people who have husbands who are electricians or plumbers, and it's like, can they get a light bulb changed in their yeah, own house? They're the no. people whose bathroom has never been done up. They're exactly. saying, my husband is too busy like making money from other people yeah. doing that work, doesn't want to do it at home. You're quite right. And he's absolutely brilliant. He does so much work for me. He helps with the photography, obviously, like on a weekly basis. He's, he's amazing. But and that there must is be something limit. people always ask you. I mean, if I ask my husband to take a picture of me, he would, well, when I say to him, please get a picture of me and the kids mm. doing something, he takes the picture and basically moves while he's taking it to do something else. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Graham, just get one. There's thousands of pictures of you and the kids <laughs> yeah. every holiday. Where are the pictures of me? He couldn't care less about taking yeah. a photograph. So, do you pay your husband to take your pictures? Um, do you? Do I you want to tell you that I do, <laughs> but it would be a lie. <laughs> so he, he's an, obviously a naturally good photographer. Is that yes. something he's learned on the job as well? Um, yes, he actually studied photography for a year when he was at college, okay. just randomly. But I had no idea that he'd done that because he was exactly the same as your husband. Whenever we went on holiday, <laughs> I was missing a head. Yeah, like, there were not no pictures of me. Yeah, yeah. It was like I hadn't been there. And then we started the blog and he said, oh, you know, I actually studied this for a year at college. But that was before digital photography. So that was the film yeah. and darkrooms and stuff. But there's still the basic concept. Yeah. He understands about composition and light. So uh -huh. from that point of view, he's a creative as well, which is brilliant. Um, I don't pay him, but I do feel like he gets a lot of perks. But you know how it is when you're married. Any money that I make is it's his money, his it's money is exactly. my money. <laughs> it's the same thing. But I mean, that I guess, where for some people, if they were listening to this um, podcast and think, I want to be like Wendy. I want to have a business like Wendy. I want to turn a, well, you'd never said it was a hobby for you. This was always a career path. You'd have yeah. this in your mind. A passion project. Exactly, well. exactly. And from that perspective, they might think, oh, I can afford a photographer mm -hmm. to add that on. And I guess perhaps that is where you've managed to fast track a bit, would you say, yeah. with, with having, because photography is so key. Yeah. But I would say over the years, our photography has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, it was we had a, a much more basic camera. Uh -huh. You had to invest in good kit. Sure. So and we had just less understanding of yeah. what would work and what wouldn't work. So the pictures in the beginning are pretty embarrassing uh -huh. to look at now. But I think in this day and age, people do have advantages. I mean, iPhones like amazing. I, mm -hmm. Did I even have a phone that took a picture then? No. I don't. Know you would have so maybe had a BlackBerry at that stage. Yeah. I had a BlackBerry, and I thought I was really cool with a yeah. BlackBerry that I didn't take pictures on. I think you could like take a picture. Pixels yeah, on it. <laughs> I think you could take a picture on a BlackBerry, but I don't think anyone mm -hmm. did. Um, so with the way that phones are now, people do have opportunity mm -hmm. to uh, do little self-timers. You can do, obviously, mirror shots. Uh -huh. and I think even if you have an SLR, you can use a tripod. But there's so many people who are interesting, interested in social media yeah. and blogging that I'm sure even if you didn't have a husband or a mum or whoever was going to help yeah. you, you could partner up with somebody yeah, who's going to do it. and do it together. And do you get asked by a lot of people... Do you feel like, you know, living in Scotland is a hindrance because a lot of events are in London? So but in do a you way, want to go to events anyway, going to the opening of a store, going to um, some of these more traditional blogging and Instagram events that are often in central London? Is that something you would actually want to do? To actually? be honest, no, because nowadays in Glasgow there are heaps and heaps of events as mm -hmm. well. And I'm very, very careful about which ones I go to. Now that I'm a mum as well, time is like a yeah. premium for me. So I have to be careful. And this is going to sound awful, but I think about it just from a business point of view. And is there an opportunity for me yeah. there? Is, is it the right thing? Is it worth me going, basically? Mm -hmm. And obviously there are some brands who I love and I'm going to go to their event. And then there are some events I want to go to because I want to make a connection with yeah. somebody. But what I've found generally is that at an event, you don't really make a great connection with someone. And it's good to show support to brands and yeah. things like that. 
So you go from that point of view. But if you want to connect with someone, you need to meet a PR face to face. You need to talk to the brand. You need to show them the kind of work that you can do or how you've included them in the past. And pitch an idea to them. Exactly. And that's much more important. Um, In terms of London, I feel like it's not for the events, but more for the work. Mm -hmm. So there was a point where I considered moving to London. Really? But the living costs are so high that what I ended up doing was staying exactly where I was and dedicating one day a month to... Really? flying down to London for meetings. And that was beneficial to help, do you think, your business go to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. Because you need to talk to people face to face. And I felt people were saying to me quite often, oh, let me know when you're around for a coffee. And I would say, oh, well, I'm in Glasgow. Why don't we have a Skype day? Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, no, just give me a shout next time you're down. And so I you're thought, thinking, I yeah. need to book a day and just fill that mm-hmm. day with meetings. I need to be face to face with people. And also you just get a much better mm-hmm. understanding of how that person yeah. works. They understand how you work. You realise if you're a good fit or not. And right it makes no that. difference where you're based because it's all about where your followers mm-hmm. are and the engagement on the blog. I mean, there's the amount of um, people who I've spoken to, you know, who would class themselves as influencers or bloggers or social influencers. And I've said to them, my client and I feel that you're the right fit for us. Mm-hmm. Can you share with me who your followers are and your engagement and the age range, the categories that they fall into, the, the location that they're from? And so many have said, oh, no PRs ever asked me that before. And I have been given these things in return or I've not and I'm thinking well the end of the day because I work majority on behalf of small brands but some bigger brands as well budget is so so small so I can't go back to a client and say I think we should work with Wendy but I have no reason why (laughs) she's just really nice her blog looks good well that's all great in the outset but if if who she's talking to doesn't fit with who we want to talk to there is no point in doing that and I think there's often I mean how often do you get interrogated on your your stats or to find out if you're the right fit mm. you know I think that's quite interesting I would say much more now but mm. literally within the last six months it's mm. more and I think that's because there's been like people have been made a lot more aware of the fact that people are using bots on Instagram people yep. are buying followers and I feel previously that everybody just for maybe the last two years people just looked at your instagram profile you have this many thousand followers and then deemed you were good to work with or not good to yeah, work they with thought you've got over ten thousand, yeah. so you're therefore good and they didn't look any further they didn't look at your blog they didn't know the stats of your blog or anything which to me is wild from a brand point of yeah. view but that was how so many people worked the way that you work is far more professional and i would rather that a brand said to me you know where are your followers based what are they interested yeah. in and that we know we're a good fit because the worst thing is if a brand spends money with you and then they're disappointed with the results ah. because they've not reached the right yeah and people. you've said we've talked about this before where you said you actually feel well you feel indebted you feel oh, yeah. bad you're thinking i don't yes obviously you being paid for a project is the dream but then if that holds back you thinking that was not the right market yeah. for them and, and have you done any projects would you care to say that you thought that was the wrong thing that was just not right maybe in your younger more immature days in your blog or do you think you've always been really strict with what you take Um, on and when it comes to paid projects yeah I would say I've been pretty strong on it there was only one project probably that I worked on about five or six years ago Mm -hmm. that maybe wasn't the best fit but we found ways around it it was Uh a clothing brand that wasn't it was probably at the lower end of the high street which isn't really where Mm -hmm. I sit but I felt it was a great opportunity I loved the store when I went in and I thought this is brilliant but then we ended up doing a two-pronged post and I really struggled with the outfit for the second one because I couldn't find things but that I felt I wanted to promote. I guess you're curating content. So you're yeah. actually thinking what works, what fits with the blog, what fits mm. with my natural style. Well, what ended up happening was I went in and they actually had an amazing fitness department and I emailed the PR and said, listen, I'm just going to be honest, I'm struggling a little bit with my mm. second outfit being the right style for me. 
would it be okay if we did this on the fitness product because I think it's incredible and they said yeah brilliant so that's exactly what we did and but so we found said. a way around it but that's just maybe confidence as well do you mm. think you've grown more confident with your blog to push back with brands and say this is what I want to do or do you think you've always maybe had that because of your background in yeah. working in marketing and PR anyway I think the fear of something not being successful for me or for the brand is far greater than the fear of saying something yeah okay yeah 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 but that's because you treat it as a business yeah. and I guess a lot of people treat it perhaps as a side side gig right to so use. I mean imagine you're working on a project it doesn't work out and you take the money and run but then you're never going to get repeat business from the no, brand exactly that's what's well I, exactly and that's how I have to operate as well I mean there's I've been approached by people to do work and I've just said no because I mm. think I don't think there's a PR story here mm. and you're just going to be this client's going to be looking at me mm -hmm. for press coverage or engagement at social media they might have paid me so that's nice but if I can't get any cut through or engagement or return yeah. and investment for them or whatever the, the aim of the project is, there is no benefit. And I always think you never know who's watching. So you could you know, have a potential yeah. client or I could have a potential client mm -hmm. who's looking at something that we're doing and thinking, wow, that's crazy or that's not worked yeah. out. And then they take you off the list. Yes, so you know you were on their mind. Exactly. exactly. You need everything that you do to be 100%. And do you get, so obviously you're working with um, the Princess Trust and um, Culture in North Lanarkshire about the school project. Do you get a lot of people asking you for advice? I mean, do you get a lot of DMs going, I want to be like you, Wendy, how can I do it? What do I want to do? <laughs> or do you think actually, no, people keep their cards close to their chest? Do you have yeah. any top tips for anybody wanting to... I, get, I do get a lot of uh, emails of people asking to intern with me and it's something that I would love to have the opportunity uh -huh. to do at some point but at the moment time is of a premium for me mm -hmm. and as much as an intern is obviously there to help you there's a training period that yeah. I currently don't have time to yeah. invest in and I don't want to take someone on and have them sit and do something in a room on their own the whole time yeah. like that's no, no benefit to them. Um, in terms of tips I mean hard work like yeah. I think people look at blogging and think oh, you just go to a coffee shop, take some Instagram mm -hmm. pictures, chat on stories. It's really not that. You're running an entire business yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to know how to invoice. You need to know how to talk to people professionally. You have to network. You need to go to meetings. Mm -hmm. You have to create the amazing content. You need to get it out there, get it seen. Yeah, it's, it's hard, hard work. Hard work. So discipline and hard work. You're basically self-employed. And my husband occasionally works from home and he says he finds it so, so difficult because the TV's there, he's on the internet, so uh -huh. he's like, oh, I can look at whatever I want. Uh -huh. I don't find that a challenge at all because yeah. I'm so busy and I know I've only got, um, well, three set days that I have childcare so that I can How old is work. your son? He's 18 months. Okay. Um, and then obviously I have evenings and weekends, uh -huh. but I have a lot to get done and achieve in those hours. And yeah. so You do a full-time job in yeah. a compressed week. Exactly. So I'm quite dedicated to fitting things yeah. in and working and hard. Do you set yourself targets? Are you quite driven in that way? You're thinking, right, so I want to increase either my following or my reach or my engagement or, you know, the business. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm because I worked in a PR agency for um, nearly nine years, for me, all I did was live on targets, mm -hmm. quarterly targets, um, year-on-year return, like how are you improving? So with my mini business on my own, I treat it like a big agency and I review every month and I look at how I can increase. Do you do, you do the same? Like, do you look back on this time last year and go, gosh, February was a winner last year. Why am I not yeah. doing so well this year? What was it? We talked about this earlier. Yeah. Why? 
do, do you work like that in that of way? Of course, yeah. As a business, you have to and you have to try and plan and think, how am I going to make the money this year? I would say I don't have like huge grand plans. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to be making, well, I'd love to be making a million pounds a year, <laughs> but it's not in my target yeah. um, for the next five years or anything like that. To be honest, I've built the blog and social media. I've built the business to a point that I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. And I think in this day and age with the competition that's out there for social and blogging, I mean, web space is just mm-hmm. overrun with people now. If I can maintain the level that I'm at, yeah. then I'm happy with that. Yeah. It works as a business for me the, financially and as a business model with time and everything. It is working mm-hmm. really well for me at the moment. Um, there are clients that obviously I'm keen to approach. It's the start of the year. There are people I want to talk to about yeah. ambassadorships because yeah. I love working on those projects. It's a brand that you can work with. That I would only do an ambassadorship with a brand that I really, really yeah, loved. you loved it. But then it's someone that I'm going to work with for six months or 12 months and it's a good story for my readers because they know that I'm invested in it. It's nice for me because it's not a brand I need to get to know each time. It's just something that But also I can it'll use cut through love. longer. I mean, I'm always saying that to my clients and we're working on some plans for some ambassador campaigns. And for me, if we can work with somebody over a long term, mm-hmm. it cuts through, just drips away. Yeah. Rather than one blast, because obviously if it was just an Instagram thing, you can mm-hmm. get lost or missed. Yeah. yeah. Or that person that you, that market that you want to target the people just didn't see that week or there was loads of snow that week and everybody on Instagram's only talking about building snowmen and Mm -hmm. then everybody's lost all that plan that you might have had for something else you've got to chip away at it and in like traditional press and things like that people would always say that you need to see a product three times before you're Mm -hmm. going to buy it so if you work what do you think it is for social then well I think it's probably about the same to be honest although I do think what you hope is that you've built a relationship with your followers that's so strong that if you really give something a really good strong review mm-hmm. then there will be people who will go and buy that mm-hmm. that time and that's brilliant but I think there's a much stronger message if you can work on a continual yeah. basis uh, for the brand for the blogger it just it works better for everyone but it doesn't work with every brand and every blogger yeah. obviously there's certain pairings that are good and you can't be taking on like 20 ambassadorships or I can't anyway. No, there's a limit I guess to what also right. sits with the brand with you as a brand and also with them and I guess many brands would say to you, can you tell me who you're working with? So Mm -hmm. you're not working with anybody competing. No, exactly. And I want to make sure that if I'm working with a brand, I love them enough that then if a competitor comes along, I'm not thinking, oh, I've got to turn that down and I'm disappointed. Like Mm -hmm. I want it to be like, I love these fit flop seekers so I don't care if Nike come to me I'm going to be saying no so you know that, I already that's the brand that I and love. I'm delighted so and what do you, what blogs do you read who, who do you read or who do you oh, follow God. or who do you really like you know from your perspective so many and I do feel like it's changed quite a lot since I became a mum and okay. I never thought that would oh, happen oh gosh <laughs> you're a mummy blog fan now no, no I'm no, not you're like no I'm more into interiors <laughs> I've I got, think well you've moved house yeah. and you're decorating your home so. I think there's people who have this great blend of fashion and style and it's more like an inspiring lifestyle and how they work motherhood into that mm-hmm. and that is kind of intriguing to me so there's a blog in the US called Cheetahs the New Black Alicia and she does that really well she has fashion she has her mm-hmm. child who's about the same age as mine she has interiors and I love her photography style so it tends to be that I enjoy blogs because I think the photography is incredible mm-hmm. and I find it inspiring uh, there's an Australian blogger called Not So Mumsy one of my favourite favourite blogs used to be Gary Pepper Vintage which is Nicole Warren she's also Australian and her photography is insane she doesn't blog anymore she just she, I, I don't think she's consciously given it up but social media has taken over for her and she had about three posts in the last 12 months on her blog which to me is sad uh-huh. uh, because I bet she's still creating the content yeah, she's just not just, sharing yeah. it there and it's interesting you're attracted to out with mm-hmm. the UK yeah. a lot 
So but I guess like, you don't want to look too much at once on your doorstep because yeah. you don't want to feel like, well, I don't get the feeling you'd ever copy anybody because you're so creative and unique mm-hmm. in your own sense that I don't think you'd even want to do that, whether you're attracted to it. But do you think there's more coming out with, or do you think we're in the UK getting more influenced by blogs and everything in overseas? Because I listen to a lot of podcasts in America and Australia. That's where I listen to yeah. the most podcasts you're the same from. As me. <laughs> and I'm like listening to these guys and thinking, there's obviously loads in the UK, but yeah. are we just a bit behind the times? Are we emerging, perhaps, I think, maybe? I don't think we're emerging. I think it just depends what style you like, and I would mm-hmm. say my style is not typically British, yeah. and that's why. But there are blogs in the UK that I think are phenomenal, so wish, 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 Carrie yeah. Santana, her images and blog is always, like, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I look at the images and just think, wow, like, I find it really inspiring, mm-hmm. and it's not in a way that I want to copy it but uh-huh. I mean certainly would be delighted to emulate that kind of level uh-huh. yeah, of photography yeah, yeah. Um, I have a great friend called Monica who writes a blog called the Elgin Avenue and hers originally started as a fashion blog but mm-hmm. now has developed into much more of a lifestyle positivity blog yeah. she has all these amazing tips about how to sort of make your life more positive how to best you know clear out your clutter or mm-hmm. focus or be healthy and all these kind of things and I find that so positive I think people now with blogs, what I think the shift is, and I'm trying to figure it out still, but what I think drives people to read a blog post as opposed to just look on social media is information. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Palompo PR, the podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in today's episode. Follow me on Instagram at Palompo PR and subscribe on iTunes to this podcast.